Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Time for your Sunday edition of Flyers Daily. Fresh off another important two points in the standings and a win over the Winnipeg Jets. Flyers Daily Time once again, your Sunday edition. Flyers get a big win yesterday over the Winnipeg Jets at the Wells Fargo Center. A 4-2 win for the Orange and Black and two very important points in the standings, especially when you consider what else happened around the NHL. There was 11 games in the National Hockey League yesterday. Real quick, uh, we're going to get to some Twitter questions in this episode. You can always tweet questions to me at Jason Mert, J-A-S-O-N-M-Y-A-R-T. Also, uh, coming up in this episode, hear a conversation I had with Nicholas Albay-Kubel right after the Flyers got that win over Winnipeg. He scored some interesting goals lately, some big goals, and I think that he's got a deceptive shot. Must be hard for goalies to pick it up because he scored a couple of goals from a decent range out of late. And I'm wondering if that's one of those things where some guys, the way they shoot it, makes it harder for goaltenders to pick up the shot he may be one of those guys getting his job done on the fourth line and more for the philadelphia flyers now coming up today if you're heading down to the flyers wives carnival and you're going to be there early i will be in goal your shot to take a goal uh your ch- chance to take a shot at me rather in goal i'll be in goal from 10:30 to 11:30, and uh make sure you come down and say hello also be doing the show uh out on the patio of uh, the wells fargo center not patio the uh, concourse rather uh from noon to one as well so stop by say hello it's going to be a great time at the carnival as it always is and it'll be a very celebratory mode and the annual wives carnival is going down today and there's still time to grab some tickets for the family including free admission for kids so enjoy a day filled with your favorite flyers and carnival classics and visit flyerscarnival.com now for more info it's going to be a lot of fun at the carnival coming up on sunday all afternoon Real quick, let's get to the game and kind of a recap of what happened at the Wells Fargo Center today. How about two Scott Lawton goals? He appears on Flyers Daily on Saturday's episode, and what does he do? He goes out and nets two. The first two of the game is 11th and 12th of the season, and that 12th goal matches a career high, and he's done it in only 41 games this year. Scott Lawton has scored some big goals for the Flyers, two in the first period today to open up the scoring, his 11th and 12th, and then Sean Couturier got his 19th before Winnipeg got on the board late in the second period to make it 3-1. Flyers headed to the final frame today with that two-goal lead, but Patrick Laine, just three minutes in on the power play, was able to make it a one-goal game. But Tyler Pitlick picked up his seventh at 9.34 of the third period, giving the Flyers that two-goal lead once again. And that line with Tyler Pitlick, Scott Lawton, and James Van Riemsdyk was buzzing today. They had so many opportunities in the game. And when your third line of Pitlick, Lawton, and JVR picks up three of the four goals for you in an important game, that that is what you call depth scoring. And the Flyers have gotten a lot of that lately. And it's no coincidence that when you get depth scoring, you're going to win more games. And the Flyers have been streaking and playing really well of late. And a lot of it has to do with that exact thing, depth scoring. Flyers also got good goaltending today from Carter Hart. Once again, getting the job done at the home building. 27 saves on 29 shots. And the Flyers capitalized on what I didn't think was a great goaltending performance from Connor Hellebuck, who's second in the NHL and wins. But the Flyers 
Flyers found a way. He seemed like he was a little off his mark on a couple of those goals, including that first goal uh, from Scott Lawton. Seems like he shaded a little too much to the short side for me. Gave a little bit too much on the on the long side and his glove hand high, and Lawton made him pay for it. And the Flyers will take it. 4-2 win over what you would definitely deem as a quality opponent. They're the number one wild card team in the Western Conference, and they've got a lot of offensive weapons, not just line A. Kyle Connor, who's got 30 goals already this year, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler. they got a lot of guys that can put the puck in the net. So good performance by the Flyers once again today, and real good to see that uh, Oscar Lindblom at the game today with his teammates. And I know Elaine Vigneault mentioned that in his press conference after the game, said to the media, did you see Oscar? And just, you know, he just lights up a room and there's so many guys in that team using that as motivation and playing for Oscar Lindblom. And we wish him nothing but the best in his treatment and recovery, obviously. Uh, our prayers and thoughts are with him at all times. So the Flyers get the win today. But what else happened around the NHL? And, you know, I've been talking about on, on social media and here on Flyers Daily about good teams will lose to bad teams in an 82-game season. Matter of fact, I may have gone on a rant or two or ten about such subject. The Flyers had that loss a couple weeks ago to New Jersey, five to nothing. And a lot of people thought that was the end of the world. Well, case in point, let's look at what happened on Saturday in the NHL and prove the point even further that I tried to make. Uh, The Devils, by the way, beat the Capitals 3-2. Even though Alexander Ovechkin got goal number 700, and he finally got that off the schneid, it took two weeks. He was two goals away two weeks ago when the Flyers went into D.C. and belted the Caps 7-2. But he finally gets 700 today, but the Caps lose the game 3-2. And once again, the Caps are reeling a bit right now. So... The Caps lose to an inferior opponent in the Devils on the road. But how about the Penguins at home today facing the Buffalo Sabres? And it's the Pens who get smacked around at the PPG Paints Arena 5-2. to two. Jack Eichel had two goals in the game, 41 saves for Carter Hutton, and the Pens go down. So both the Pens and the Caps remain with 80 points. Flyers with the win go up to... 77 points, now within three points of the top two teams in the division. Unbelievable how this has played out. By the way, real quick, too, the Canes, Hurricanes were in action tonight. That's another team trying to work its way back into the playoff picture here. They had to go to an emergency backup goaltender. The E-Bug is what they call that. It was the former Zamboni driver of the Toronto Marlies, a 42-year-old guy. And he goes into the game about midway through the hockey game against the Leafs. And the Hurricanes have a one-goal lead heading into the third period. And they end up losing the game. The Leafs do six to three. This has got to be rock bottom for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The first two shots went in on the emergency backup goaltender, and then no more. Six three, the Canes win, playing half an NHL game with a forty-two-year-old Zamboni driving beer leaguer. And yes, for all the people tweeting me, that is the dream. I will hope. I'm not the e-bug for the Flyers. It's a guy named Justin Colic. Kolowakowski, I always screw up his last name. Uh, he played at Colgate. He's their actual e-bug, and he has gotten dressed a few times, but has obviously not gotten called into a game. And the e-bug for every team in the NHL, each team, because of what happened a couple of years ago in Florida, when they had two goalies, Louis Domingue, I think it was, and uh, Roberto Luongo both went down, the league instituted a rule that at each building, you had to have an emergency backup goaltender at every game. So there's a guy that's there, and whether it's the home team, that may need an emergency backup goaltender to get dressed if one of their goalies goes down or the road team. He's available to both teams. So 
That's what it is for the Flyers, uh, and Justin's down there at every game. Matter of fact, I sit with him in the press box at the first period, and we tend to geek out on goaltending. Uh, earlier tonight as well, uh, the Blue Jackets lost once again. Eight straight losses for the Blue Jackets. They do get a point. It goes in, down to the shootout. 4-3 the loss to the Predators, but they get the loser point. But once again, the Blue Jackets cannot find the win column. It's been unbelievable. So what's the effect on the standings? Let's take a look. The NHL standings up to date and ready for your consumption. Here they are. The Penguins and Caps, as I mentioned, still sitting at 80 points atop the Metropolitan Division. The Flyers with 77, but here's the wild card picture. The Islanders with 74 points. The Canes now jump into the playoff picture, tied in points with 74 with Columbus. As it, Those three teams, 74, 74, 74, Islanders, Canes, Blue Jackets. But the Blue Jackets have played 63 games. The Canes have played 61, and the Islanders have only played 60. So it's really tight right now. I don't know if the Blue Jackets will win another game this season. I'm kidding, but... It's been really bad. They are losers of eight straight, two, three, and five in their last ten. That was the hottest team in the NHL three weeks ago. Not the case any longer, and their goal differential is now minus one. Flyers with those 77 points. Still two more games left on this homestand. They'll face off against the San Jose Sharks on Tuesday night at the Wells Fargo Center, looking to avenge a 6-1 loss in San Jose earlier this season. And then on Friday, it'll be a home-and-home with the New York Rangers, Friday at the Wells Fargo Center, and then Sunday in New York. And don't look now, but here come the Rangers. They've got 70 points. They are on fire lately, 8-2 in their last 10. They've won three straight straight and they are now if they're four points behind those two teams and they got a game in hand on or two games in hand rather on Columbus uh, that's a team that's back in the wild card mix they're actually tied in points with the Florida Panthers so those two games against the rags this weekend could mean a ton as well we'll get the Twitter questions coming up in just a moment but I had a chance to catch up with Nicholas Albe Kubel Flyers forward after the game today and here's how the conversation uh, welcome to Flyers Daily and joining us right now Nicholas Albe Kubel well, you've been scoring some goals lately, and they're important goals. That's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, it feels good. Get the uh, momentum going. Score some uh, goals. Do, you, do you have a deceptive shot? Would you describe your shot that way? Because I've seen you score a couple now from pretty far away from the net and using the defender as a screen. Uh, yeah, I can say that. I mean, I'm always trying to shoot with, uh, with that screen. It's tougher for the goalies. And, uh, yeah. When you look at uh, you know your season and how it's evolved, you know being on the team and then being a guy, maybe that was going to go back and forth a little bit, but you've made it really difficult for them to make that decision to send you back, and now that doesn't seem like it's a possibility for you. Talk about the growth of your game this year and listening to your coaches and what it's meant. Uh, yeah, it was hard to to like settle in the NHL. I know uh, it's hard, especially during the year for guys. Uh, I'm just trying to be a like reliable and don't let a chance to the to the coach to scratch me or to send me down do you feel like for you that's keeping it simple getting in on the four check and just and doing those little things that you need to do to stay in this lineup yeah exactly i've been put on a bottom six role so i'm just trying to take my strength and finish be physical finish checks and when when i can shoot i'll i'll try to shoot 
when you've done that and you've actually got a couple of, of nice goals and important goals, the one to get the Flyers within 3-2 the other night. But let me ask you about, uh, you know, you guys as a group right now, um, you're thrown into this mix and it is tight in the Eastern Conference. You guys are playing well right now. You've been moving up the standings. Does that intensity of the whole situation help you kind of focus and keep it simple? Um, for sure. I mean, there's no easy game, and every game I know I have to bring the best effort. Uh, I think the vets think the same way. Uh, every point is going to lead us to the playoff, and we know we have a very good, like, strength guy, and, uh, like, our strength is very good, and, like, deep, or uh, we have, a, like, a deep lineup with, uh, so I, we're all excited for playoff, and we know it's going to be uh, easier there. When it goes through a room, you got a goal the other night that I just alluded to. In the game against Winnipeg, you get three goals from your third line. When everybody's chipping in like that, does it feel like any day is anybody's game to, to chip in and get some goals? Yeah, exactly. As you said, my, our lineup is very deep. Uh, every, every line can score. Every line can check. Uh, we have big bodies. So it's going to be hard for other teams in playoff to, to keep us uh, out of the scoring sheet. Um, a lot of players, before they get to the NHL, feel like they're ready at certain periods. Oh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Then they get there and maybe they find out that they weren't ready. When you got here this year and playing the way that you're playing and, and the impact that you're having, was this the perfect time for you? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think I've played really well in the AHL uh, my second and third year. Uh, then got one call, call up last year. Wasn't playing as, as good as I could. And I'm really glad this year it all lines up and I'm playing really good. What's the biggest difference in jump from the AHL to the best league in the world? Uh, the execution. Uh, every pass is faster. It's hard to it's hard to chase the puck and make, create turnovers. It's got to be a lot of fun right now with how tight the standings are. It's almost like the playoffs. You guys having a lot of fun with it? Yeah, I have a lot of fun uh, getting to know uh, all the guys in the locker room, and uh, I really like them. So, yeah, it's very fun right now. Nick, thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thanks to Nicholas Albay-Kubel for taking the time after the Flyers defeated the Winnipeg Jets. Let's get to a few Twitter questions here. We start with Robert at Scott uh, Husky on Twitter. He says, wow, pens and caps lost to lesser opponents in regulation today. He said, I thought only the Flyers lost to bad teams. Uh, thanks, Robert. I, I, You know, I've been on a crusade to prove that even good teams in the NHL will lose to bad hockey teams in an 82-game season. As a matter of fact, the Bruins, who are the leader for the President's Trophy, they are, have a 1-2 and two record against the worst team in the league the Detroit Red Wings. Colin says, tweets in and says, is there a real need to add anything besides a depth forward to this group the way they've been playing lately? Also, can you announce the songs you play at the end of the podcast? There have been some gems lately. Uh, yeah, just hit me up on Twitter if you don't know any of the songs. Um, I'll certainly let you know. I knew I threw that Jack Johnson in the other day, Flake, and a lot of people asked about that. But um, as far as what they need... <coughs> It really still all depends on Nolan Patrick, and I, I hate to keep using the same answer to the same question, but we don't know about Nolan Patrick. If, if he's not available or goes on LTIR, which makes it you could use his money uh, long-term all the way to the playoffs, then, yeah, they would love to, to grab a guy like a J.G. Pajot, a guy to play third-line center. So I, I don't know how Chuck Fletcher is going to handle this. This is a really interesting dilemma that he's got right now but he's got a group playing really good and that makes it a little bit easier to kind of stay put I'm not saying he will I'm not sure Rob tweets in and says the way 21 is played that's Scott Lawton any addition including Nolan Patrick would play 4C right 
I don't know if uh, Nolan Patrick would play 4C. What I think would happen, I think if Patrick came back and was able to play center, they would probably scratch Bunneman or send Bunneman down, and I think Lawton would move to your fourth line and Nolan Patrick your third line. But if they want to work Patrick in slow and lessen, kind of control his minutes more, then maybe that that is what they would do. 3C and 4C would probably be distributed equally, not as much as a traditional third line, fourth line minutes. That's just my guess. All right, next question. Slice tweets in and says, how would you feel if you had to come in as the emergency goalie to play for the visiting team and end up beating the Flyers? Uh, Slice, I don't care. (laughs) If I can get into an NHL game and get an NHL win, I don't care who's it, who it's against. <laughs> and, and certainly, I hope you can't blame me for that. Uh, Sean Lynn says, does AV trust Hart on the road, or should we expect to run dual goalies if we make the playoffs? I don't think that he will be running dual goalies in the playoffs. I just don't see that as the option. Um, I think he trusts Hart on the road. I think he's just maybe sheltering him a little bit and all the while trying to keep Brian Elliott sharp as well. Top here on Twitter says, who's the Flyers e-bug and how do they get chosen? I'm not sure how they get chosen. Um, there was two a couple years ago that rotated, but I mentioned earlier in the episode, a guy named uh, Justin Kolokowski, uh, who played at Colgate and is from the area, originally from Minnesota, is the Flyers e-bug now. Uh, Jeff says, I should be the uh, emergency goalie. Well, I'm 47 years old. Justin's a lot older than I am. Uh, Otis uh, tweets in and says, my question for you, given the Flyers' current position in the standings after today's win, do you think they move, uh, make a move to shore up the bottom six before the deadline or hope that Patrick is good to go? That's a, the million-dollar question. Um, I think they could do something irregardless small, um, but I don't know. It all depends on how they feel about Patrick if they go bigger into like a J.G. Pajot. I know they don't want to give up a first-round draft pick, especially in this draft, which is very, very good. Will tweets in, do you believe the Flyers have a chance at actually winning the Metro? Boy, they're within three points now. Um, <laughs> I would have said this was impossible just a couple weeks ago, but at this point, within three points, and the Capitals not playing well, Pittsburgh, it's going to be tough. I will tell you that, but... Not impossible. All right, last question comes out. Oh, a former teammate of mine growing up, guy I played high school with, Brian Fish tweets, and he says, the boys are buzzing and clicking at the right time. Once in the playoffs, anything can happen. But he says, my question is about the chemistry in the room. Do they have what it takes to keep this up until June? Well, the chemistry in the room has been phenomenal. And a big part of that is Kevin Hayes and just the the way he keeps everybody loose in that locker room. He is a huge personality. And a lot of times guys that are a little bit shyer or not huge personalities love having a guy like Kevin Hayes around who is because he eats up all the air in the room so they don't have to put it out there. Kevin Hayes takes care of that for the group. So, yeah, I think they have a really good locker room, a really confident locker room right now. And Elaine Vigneault has done a good job with accountability and building up this locker room so that they feel like this is different than it's been in the last bunch of years for a core group of guys that were here for several years. And the guys that just got here, uh, they feel a sense of that this is, we're on to something here. uh, And we can probably, we can have a real chance to do something here and make some noise. So we'll see what happens. All right, that's Flyers Daily for Sunday, February 23rd. Everybody, enjoy your hockey, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of Flyers Daily. Your contribution.